It's Wednesday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope you guys are having a good one out there. Um, good show coming up today. Lavelle E. Neal third will join me here in just a little while to talk a lot of Vikings still kind of like dealing with the residue of the end of that season. Lavelle's got some pretty big opinions on what the Vikings should do at quarterback. Maybe not too dissimilar from my opinions on that, but it was good to kind of talk through it with somebody else. You can read his column on the same subject, by the way, today in your Star Tribune newspaper or at startribune.com. Won't spoil it. You'll have to listen a little bit further into the show or go read it to get the full scope of it, but uh, you'll want to check it out because it was a good discussion. He and I also got into some twins stuff, a little Joe Maurer Hall of Fame stuff, where that's tracking with just a couple weeks left before we find out for real whether Joe Maurer has made it into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Looking pretty good for Maurer right now. And we had a wild thought at the end of our chat as well. Got with Lavelle in the studio yesterday. That was fun. I hadn't had him in the studio at the Star Tribune for a while, but uh, like I told him when we when we uh, recorded, I always, always feel like the chemistry is a little bit better when we are face-to-face. The, the, the remote stuff works just as well. Um, but uh, I like the uh, I like being able to get in there and uh, and see those guys and be able to kind of talk talk across the way um, instead of just uh, across uh, across the computer screen. So we've got a TV update at the end of the show. First, though, what I miss, I want to start Wolves. They they passed the test. Let's let's just say that they have passed the test. We've been talking for a while you know i think this is this, this is my tendency and this is maybe minnesota sports tendency right when things are going really well for a team which for the better part of this season they were going they've been going as well as you could want them to go for the timberwolves um, but they got to this stretch 15 games ago where you're like okay they've been playing really well uh, i think their record at that point was 17 and 4 but they're going into this stretch where it's like okay 16 straight games against teams that at that time had 500 or better record 11 of those 16 games on the road and you looked at it and you said man if there's going to be any slippage in this season we're going to find out right now if there's going to be any kind of question about how good this team is we're going to find out about that right now because that is a pretty big gauntlet that's that's not like you know that's not the toughest gauntlet you've ever you ever will face but that's a pretty big stretch 11 out of 16 on the road all of them against teams that 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 can win on any given night no no rebuilding teams no tanking teams a lot of really good teams in there so far in that stretch they are 15 games into this 16 game stretch they got one more tonight at boston terrible circumstances for that one back to back they can't fly until today because of weather in Boston. So they're flying in day of game on a back-to-back after last night's game <clears throat> in Orlando. But they've already passed the test. I, I want to see something tonight. I want to see them. I want to see an effort tonight. I don't, you know, they've got a lot of strikes against them. So I'm not saying they got to win this game, but I'd like to see an effort still. These guys are professionals. But even if they lose this game, best team in the West against the best team in the East, which is a which is a fun kind of. Fun kind of thing to, to think about anyway. Even if they lose this one, they're nine and six on this stretch right now. Nine and six. When it started, I was like, man, if they can just be five hundred during this stretch, I will I will count that as hey, that that was pretty good. That that's good enough. They're gonna finish over five hundred no matter what. The nine and seven is the worst they're gonna do in this stretch. Could go ten and six if they can pull this one out tonight. 
Nine and seven, though, is going to be the worst they're going to do. They're still going to have the best record in the West once this stretch concludes. And get this. It's not like the rest of the schedule is a cakewalk, but relatively speaking, it kind of is. Look up. Uh, I looked at Tankathon, one of my favorite sites. Gives you a good, you know. I used to look at Tankathon to see where the wolves were going to fall in the lottery order, right? Like that's that's kind of what I'm used to looking at it for for that and for other teams. Now you look at it and you see the remaining strength of schedule <clears throat> for every team in in the league, including the Timberwolves. Right now, even with this game at Boston tonight, which which beefs up their strength of schedule, even right now they have the second easiest remaining strength of schedule of any team in the NBA. Only uh, only one team has an easier remaining strength of schedule than the Wolves, uh, that being Orlando, who they just played last night and uh, beat handily. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so even, even after that second easiest remaining strength of schedule, that tells you that the Wolves, if they continue to take care of business, if they don't fall into those same traps they were falling into last year where they were having a hard time beating the bad teams. That's not been a problem this year. If they can take care of business against the okay teams, the bad teams, they still got like four games left against Portland this year, a bunch of other games against teams that are not really contenders right now. If they can take care of business there, get to the playoffs. I know it's a long ways down the road. I'm not, not trying to rush through this season. You should savor the you know the next three, three and a half months. But if they can kind of do that, the schedule is favorable. That's what I'm saying. The schedule from now until the end of the regular season, by and large, is favorable. They're, they do not have <clears throat> a 16-game gauntlet quite like the one they just went through. They've got some tough stretches, of course, in there. they got some road trips. they got some other things. But by and large, relative to the rest of the league, they have a very easy schedule, a very forgiving schedule the rest of the way. So you look at that and you say, okay, they've, they've got that schedule, and they're, and they're capable of playing the way they played last night, coast-to-coast win over Orlando, which is a good team this year, by the way. Orlando is a above 500 team. A team that is unexpectedly good in the Eastern Conference. Wolves were up by 30 on the road <clears throat> at halftime in that game. Cruised to the win. Um, the only complaints people had that I saw on social media was that Chris Finch left his starters in until there were like three, four minutes left in the game. You know what? You want to make sure that one's tucked away because you know that the next one coming up against Boston's tough. You don't want any kind of slippage. You don't want to have to put your starters back in cold two minutes later. So I get it. I, he's probably watched enough of his team, he probably knows enough Timberwolves history to know that no lead is really truly secure. So I, I didn't mind that. I, I, you know, maybe having some guys a little bit fresher for tonight would have been nice. But you know what? You get the win you've got, and don't worry about the rest. So Wolves cruise over over Orlando. Here was Finch, by the way, after the game, talking about some of the keys to what got it done. I thought Jaden was really really good tonight on uh, on on Ben Caro. Um, Rudy was really really good on the glass, and uh, you know, Cat uh, thought. Through a lot of matchups when he was on smalls and stuff like that, did a really good job. Um, and also, of course, you know, was the difference maker in the game offensively uh, in the second quarter. Another one tonight, like I said, at Boston, another kind of measuring stick game, even with all the kind of challenges facing them with the travel, the schedule, things like that. Regardless of what happens tonight, though, they have passed this test and now it is on to the rest of the season. Quick before the break, too, Gopher Women got a big win last night in Michigan. First time they've won at Michigan in about a decade, and they won handily. Won, won by like 16 points. I thought it was cool, too, after the game. I was just looking, looking at social media. It's actually how I found out they won the game. I'm sure I would have found out another way momentarily or not too long after that. But Lindsey Whalen, former Gophers coach, tweeting, Let's go, huge win 
on top of the uh, on the on the X uh, the, the post on X about that road win from the women's basketball account on that site. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like maybe not un- not unexpected. She still has great ties to this program. Still has great. Um, caring for the players and the team. So Lindsey Whalen tweeting that, saying that about that team. Big win for the Gophers. Want to talk more about them soon on an upcoming show. I have to have got to get Kent Youngblood on a show to talk about where this team is headed. But a much more interesting year for both the Gopher women and the Gopher men. And I think we'll be talking a lot more about both of those teams this winter than we did last winter. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion, the hope, the anticipation, that incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino, let your story begin. Got Lavelle E. Neal III with me today, Star Tribune columnist in studio today Lavelle this feels good we haven't done this for a while it's kind of hard to make our schedules match up so usually when we do this it's over zoom but uh in real life right now IRL as the kids say how about that and uh you know, this is the most people I've seen in, in, in this office and in the sports department in a while so it's good to see faces instead of talking to them over the phone or talking to them on zoom so and uh get a chance to sit in this nice uh well well-furnished uh, podcast studio at the Star Tribune headquarters. It is nice. I like it. We've kind of they revamped it several months back, and I've been making a concerted effort to get in here more since then. Um, but we're not here just here to talk about how nice it is to see each other. We're here to talk about a bunch of stuff. Vikings quarterbacks are on your mind. Um, maybe a little baseball stuff too, because I can't let you ever get out of here without <laughs> talking some twins and some baseball. And I've got a stray wild thought uh, for you maybe something else if you if something else comes to your mind but but vikings I, i've talked a lot of vikings the last couple of days the last couple of weeks last couple of months last couple of years whatever you want to how you however you want to define it it becomes a heavy subject here quarterback is a huge thing this offseason we all know that where are you at with what they should do what are you writing for i believe your your wednesday column that people will now be able to see i think at this point considering um the state of the franchise uh, the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, coming back from a, a serious Achilles injury. And this roster just having so many holes on it. I mean, even if you say you sign Kirk, Kirk, you're not going to bounce back to 2022 and go 13-4. and four. Well, That was a special year because you were 11-0 and in, in one-score games, which was historic. Yes. It's an outlier year. Everybody yeah. knows it. As they know it. Out, historic is not sustainable. Yes, Fair? absolutely. Good good phrase. I like that. So um, you, put, you put in all that. Um, you still need secondary help. Um, pass rush still needs to be improved. Running game needs to be addressed. Probably need a third receiver. Um, to me, it's time to hit the reset button. Um, the competitive rebuild didn't didn't work. Um, Quezzy inherited some some uh, uh, collateral damage from the previous regime. Yes, he's had to work through. He's out of that now. Now he should start trying to build up from scratch here. So reset. Get a young quarterback in here on a rookie contract. So you can use the money to keep a Daniel Hunter, uh, extend a Justin Jefferson, uh, and try to um, add talent elsewhere to make this a more competitive team. Sorry, I'm pounding the table. That's okay. That's okay. You're, you're, you're just, yeah, you're just, <laughs> I wish you had a shoe. I wish you had a shoe to pound on the table. I, so you're on team 
get a new quarterback, but don't bring back Cousins. Yeah, um, in a, you don't want you don't want to live in both worlds like they've been living. I don't think you can straddle like that. Um, and I was reading I was reading a story about this the other day. The number two quarterback on a team, it's hard for them to develop because the number one quarterback is running with the ones in practice all the time. So in, in addition to that, you're not playing games. Hey, you're not getting reps with the ones. Not getting the reps. Good while, point. While you're burning your time on the rookie contract. Yes. Now, if you could tell me it's just for a year, maybe I could settle for that. Kirk, um, Kirk Cousins ain't signing for one right. year. But that's the problem. In most situations, what's going on with Jordan Love is that's just rare. You know, no one thought he was going to step in and throw for 4,000 yards. He's okay, by the way. Yeah. He's not great. He's okay. He threw 4,000 yards. He's fine. He's the next Kirk Cousins. I love it. I love that for the Packers <laughs> that they have their Kirk Cousins now. Okay. I like I like where you're coming from on that, being a Bears fan, and I want the Packers to fail at everything they do. Yes. But uh, the fact is he did put up some decent numbers yes. this year. He did. He had a good, so, sec- really good second half. Yeah. I agree with that. So, um, you know, Doing uh, having a guy simmer for three years and put, plugging in him and playing him, I just don't see it. And when you can you can allocate those resources differently to to build a roster, to build a balanced roster, um, and play and fill in, fill in some holes here, man. So I'm like cut the court with Kirk. Uh, now this is a good time to do it. Coming back from a serious injury, you don't know. Even though he talks like he's gonna, everything's gonna be fine. You don't know at age thirty six how he's gonna yeah. respond. Is he gonna have the mobility of, of Sam Bradford? <laughs> behind, well, <laughs> he's, never, he's never been the most mobile quarterback. No. But you're right. He, he can at least. He's not. He's not a complete statue like Correct. Bradford was at the end. Correct. It would help if he had a better offensive line. He still needs some. Yes. I think the center of their line needs addressing. Yes. So he just. It just seems like it's a good time to pull the plug. Drain the swamp, flush the toilet, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it that's what the, the Vikings need to do. Now, there's still going to be some temporary pain, even if they do move on from him, because there's the salary cap stuff, the dead years they added to it. If they take it all at once, which they would have to unless they do some kind of cap gymnastics, it's like it all hits like $28 million would hit on next year's cap. It kind of hamstrings you at least for a year. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, you're like, well, wouldn't you rather – pay Kirk Cousins to play for you than have him count on your cap not paying for you. But the problem is, I think you addressed it already, the problem is the ideal situation is, I think Andrew Kramer and I talked about it this earlier this week, the ideal would have been if he would have signed the contract you wanted him to sign last year, which was guaranteed through 2024. Then you could say, okay, we got one more year at Kirk Cousins. We could, they're they're going to stay competitive. You had this year, which didn't turn out what the way they wanted, but still gave them this kind of window of opportunity to take a pick. You know, at number 11, 11 gives you the opportunity right. to not have your pick of quarterbacks, but lets you get in the conversation if you want to move up or someone just might organically fall to you. That would have been the perfect scenario mm-hmm. if they would have signed him to the contract that they wanted to sign him to instead of him, as we reported, wanting that nut, that guaranteed for 25 as well. Now, if he comes back and he says, I want 24 and 25, that's hard, right? You can't, yes. you, I just don't think you can live in both of those worlds. It'd be a lot easier if you could say one more year of Kirk Cousins, but he's on, he's at a point where A, he wants some security and B, he wants to know where he's going and C, like he's kind of playing for his final, like long-term multi-year contract probably at this point. Which means that his uh, ages are probably going to ask for three years, <laughs> I would think. I think they're going to start with a three. And that's the problem. Like in, in some team who's desperate might say, we'll give you, you know, three years, you know, and, and maybe the third year doesn't have full guarantees, but 
another team might make him an offer that's more attractive than what the Vikings are willing to do at this point. So it might not be all up to them in the end. Right. And if you do sign Kirk, what do you get for next year? Uh, what, how's the team What's your ceiling? Yeah. Yes. Uh, your ceiling is, what, 10, 11 wins maybe? Yeah. I don't know. They're not going to be able to move into the 49ers realm. They're not going to be moving into the Cowboys or the Eagles realm. So to me, you got to address, you got to look at the totality of the of the roster and Make a decision based on the status of your 55 or 56-man roster. Yes. And the problem here is, and I think I want to hear what you think about this, but like people have retroactively fallen in love with Kirk Cousins because of he got on a good streak this year. He was playing well. And because of how bad this turned when he went out. Like everyone's like, oh, the alternative is so bad. You got to bring back Cousins. Well, the alternative won't be what they were saddled with this year, right? Like it's that's not the reality. And, and B, we've seen... Kirk Cousins with better teammates when he's been younger and healthy. Their ceiling was not Super Bowl in any of those years either. I also got to point out that this team started out one and four with yes. Kirk. Yes, yes. Before um, they kind of riot the ship and yes. then he got injured, so it wasn't everything wasn't going smoothly no. then. But of course, part of that was their realization that Alexander Madison was not the running back. No, answer. that was a problem. So, uh, and my my other you know issue here too is that Quezzy needs a good offseason, like yeah. he needs air to breathe. Yeah. It's really bad because yeah. he's come off of two underperforming draft classes, and here, here's my line in my column tomorrow, uh, and a, a free agent foray this past offseason that produced more swings and misses than Joey Gallo. Ooh. Okay, Wow. He's not making contact like Joe Maurer. Marcus Davenport, with Byron Murphy, uh, nah. I like uh, Murphy was okay. I give him a, I give him a, a, a passing grade on that, but... It, it wasn't. It wasn't a home run. I think it would have been better off just bringing Pat Peterson back. Maybe, maybe. You know, as it turns out, yeah. Pat Pete's going into the postseason, baby. He is. <laughs> so and you got other things too. Can you? Daniel could walk. Yes. Wanham's a free agent, right? Yeah. Davenport too. Harrison, Davenport's a free agent. <laughs> Harrison can retire. Yeah. Harrison Smith can retire. Yeah. So, made, he's going to have a lot on his plate this year in terms of trying to put together a roster for next year. I'm just saying, giving forty million to Kirk when you need to focus on other parts. I just don't think that's financially prudent. There are people who will say, and I don't, I don't agree with this argument because you can't live this way, but there are people who will say, well, he hasn't drafted well the first two years. He's made The Addison pick seems like it's pretty good. A lot of the rest of the picks seem suspect. Where is Lewis seen? Why, but why, why do you then trust him to make the right decision at quarterback? Um, that's a fair question, but um, if you're drafting 11th, you got you. It's a crapshoot. If it you is. look at the last Always. three to five years of all the crap, all the all the quarterbacks that were taken in the, the first crap. round, is about fifty fifty as far sure. as hit or miss. Yeah. So it, it is a crapshoot, you know. So, but they've got to get in that. They got to get in the game. They got to make a play here. So, and by then, I totally expect Michael Penix to be in the top ten. Well, because the, the yes. Anthony Richardson bump. bump yes. Who, I didn't even know who the hell Anthony Richardson was right. a year ago at this time. He ended up being fourth overall. Yes. You know? These guys rise. Now, he didn't do himself a ton of favors. We'll talk about Penix in a minute. He didn't do himself a ton of favors against Michigan. That was not his best game. He could have helped himself even more and maybe hurt the Vikings' chances of drafting him even more if he had been lights out and they win that game. I don't think he, was, he wasn't bad, but that's just a good Michigan team. Some flaws were exposed there. Maybe the other piece of this that gives you some comfort is if you believe in Kevin O'Connell, he is going to have a heavy hand in selecting the quarterback of the that's future. Why I, that's why I'm going to make that point as well. I think the structure with KOC in charge, especially he can mold the quarterback in his own right. way here. You know, He talked about how he appreciated how Kirk – Allowed him to coach him hard. Yes, you know, but now he's got 
you know, just ball of clay, he could just mold into the, the guy he wants wants to be. So um, from that teaching perspective, the Vikings are set up for success. So Yeah. And uh, Quezzy and the Viking scouts were in attendance for the Gopher game against Minnesota uh, when J.J. McCarthy was Michigan, in town. Michigan. Michigan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Michigan against Minnesota yes. when they won 52-7. to Yes. Did they steal off their signs? I don't know if they did. I don't, I don't know if that guy— so, Okay, so who— what what uh, it, it, now? If you're lobbying for them to move on, doesn't necessarily mean you have to attach yourself to a name or a guy. But are do you have preferences? Are there people that you would like to see them take a swing at more than others of the of the guys that will realistically be available? Like Caleb Williams, not going to be available. Drake May, no. not going to be available. The Daniels from LSU, probably not available. Probably at that not. Point. Daniels could be in the top five if this yes. is all over. Yes, I, there was a mock draft this morning that had Penix tenth. I was like, here we go. I saw one where he was eighth. I was like, here we go. Yeah, you, I so, think USA Today he was eighth. I think JJ McCarthy will be in the in the first round for sure by the time the draft comes. He'll I don't be, like. I don't like. He'll him. be he'll be mocked in the first round. Yes, he's usually mocked in some in some already. Yeah. Then you got Bo Nix from Oregon. Correct. What what do you, so who do you like? What's realistic of what you like? Uh, it was realistic. Um, like I said, I'm a JJ McCarthy guy. I, okay. I, I think what do you like he, about him? Talk me into him. Okay, he's got an arm. He can make all the throws. Okay. Um, his decision-making is excellent. He could throw in the tight windows, as he proved yesterday. So if you're NFL open, he can hit you. Uh, he's a very good athlete and is mobile. So he can escape pressure. That means he could throw off platform. Um, and uh, I like the fact that he meditates before every game. <laughs> <laughs> now, he didn't put up some of the quite the same gaudy numbers as some of these other people. You got but Blake Corum. Uh, yes, I was going to say. Like, the ball right. So that's that's where you have to decide. Yeah. Like you have to. That's where you really got to... You know, these scouts, they don't look at necessarily the raw numbers. They don't necessarily look at every single route. There's probably like 20 or 30 plays or a handful of throws they want to see you make consistently, the processing. And that that's where I just, yeah. that's where I don't drill down as hard on these guys. That's why I, I talked to a, another football writer who talked to scouts from the team he covers, and they think that uh, McCarthy's decision-making and his ability to get the ball of his hand is very, very good. Okay. And that's something that uh, they were impressed with to him. So I like his mobility. I worry yeah. he's got a little Zach Wilson to him. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It depends how much he can handle. You know, and he played for a guy in Jim Harbaugh who's an offensive, kind of an offensive guy. And, yeah. Um, he, and with San Francisco, Harbaugh used all kinds of different sets and had Colin Kaepernick performing at the highest right. possible ability. So, um, Bo Nix, it's weird. Because I, I, Penix and Nix both perplex me because I still remember watching Penix look horrible at Indiana. Right. I also remember that Bo Nix was the quarterback at Auburn that the Gophers beat in the Outback Bowl, which seems like 10 years ago. It does. It wasn't 10 years ago, was it? It was, <laughs> no, five, it was five. F- uh, four. F- four years ago. The 2019, the 2019 season. Yeah, so no, It still seems like it was a long time ago. It was. It was before COVID. Anything that happens before COVID was a long time ago. So I'm, it's going to be interesting how they uh, evaluate uh, the quarterbacks in this class because it's a better quarterback class than last year for sure. You know. Yes. Um, oh, absolutely. And, the, they, and they like it. They like the class. The Vikings do. At 11, they've got a chance to do way better than Jaron Hall and way better than Kellen Mond. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with that. And I think I think we're probably aligned overall in our preferences. Like I think my first preference would be if they could have Cousins for another year, kind of figure out how to keep him, kind of spread that dead money out and still be able to be effective next year without rushing this new guy in. Because it takes a while to learn O'Connell's system. Like, they all talk about how how complex this is, how it's one of the hardest offenses, but that... Joshua the, Dobbs got worse the more the play yes, he learned. Yes, like the more he learned, the, le- the worse he got. But but that doesn't seem like it's going to be possible. That's not the contract Kirk Cousins wants. So if that's if they can't make this matchup 
and what they want and what he wants, my next preference is it's time to move on, like you like you say. Yeah, I would take a year. I think I would accept a year out of Kirk, but yes. I'm not going to say two. No, not, no. Not, that was, not more than two. to develop your quarterback Not here. two, not three. Yeah. Um, speaking of moving on, let's talk uh, a couple couple more things before we go. Um, what are you thinking about baseball-wise? You got Maurer on the brain. You got – there's nothing – the hot stove is like the the pilot lights out. There's nothing going on for the Twins right well, something now. Something that's going to be right up your alley takes yes. place at 3.30 tomorrow. Okay. There's a hearing in Texas about yes. the whole Diamond Sports deal. Yes, that's it, a Wednesday hearing. Yes, it, Phil might be on later this week to talk about that too. Yeah, and then there may be some clarity out of that, yes. at, that meeting because uh, I talked to a Twins official today who said there may be something 48 hours down the pike here. Okay, okay. That, that will clarify Intrigue. the television situation. Intrigue. So, um, I, I hope they figure out a way just to run it back one more year. And that gives everybody a chance to kind of um, be a little more measured into her approach for programming in 2025. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I think that would be best for everyone. I just talked to a person uh, who's, you know, well-versed in TV and programming. He was like, Netflix is the only streaming service that's making money. Major League Baseball needs to be careful with just thinking, oh, we'll just stream these games because not everybody is making money that way. But I would say this. Some of these uh, streaming services are paying millions of dollars to actors and act- actresses yes. that are running up their right. bills, all right? Right. Um, you won't have to do that with baseball games. You can no. just throw them on. Right. And the fact that they're not going to be blacked out, I think, is a great yes. thing for the consumer. Yes. So it's just a—and plus, we're just in a weird uh, period right now where it's more a la carte when you, as far as watching what you want to watch. And I don't know if the younger fans want to deal with a 162-game schedule— I think they would get. I think they would get engaged in August and September, and in the postseason, you know. So if there's a way you can like pick, well, not April, not May, but yeah, I'll pick up July, August, September. Yeah, I, you may have to split it up like that to to make it sellable. And there, I mean, and there are some people that still want all 162, and that's always going to be available through your cable satellite package. But if you can figure out how to kind of slice it up a little bit more for those people who want to pick and choose, or may or who maybe just want to, hey, there's a game tonight that looks really good. Uh, can I get that? Can I? What's what's the pricing model for that? How do I pay for that? I think that's that's interesting for the future. I think it, they got to figure this out though. The, the biggest frustration last year was that there was no streaming option for the Twins. That you know the Wild and the Wolves. You say what you want about Bally Sports, like their app is okay. It's it's a little. It, it was it's been kind of rough in spots. They've had some problems with 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 stuff, but it's a, it's by and large available that way, and that is enough. If the Twins go back to Bally this year, yeah. I'm like 100% convinced it will at least include that element. It's got to because that was the biggest frustration last year. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And hopefully it can move forward in a better way here. And um, the Twins the twins are going to enter the season with a little momentum, even though they they said goodbye to Sonny Gray and Kenta Maeda. There's still some momentum here from last year. Sure. With, with, this, young, with this young everyday lineup, and you have a guy who's your, your best uh, version of an ace since Johan Santana and Pablo Lopez – you know, leading the rotation, and maybe one of the better closers in baseball in uh, Joan Duran. This team's coming into the season with some juice. Um, I expect them to make a couple moves before Twins Fest, and that may— uh, Twins Fest is like two weeks from now. It's crazy, two yeah, and a half weeks. I know. We got uh, Diamond Awards on uh, that Thursday, um, and, then the, uh, and then Twins Fest Friday, Saturday. You know, and Twins Caravan starts that Monday. So. Unbelievable. Yeah, so less than two weeks, man. We They're got shortening the winter, which is kind of nice. Hey, my like I, when I covered it, when I covered the Twins, I always loved getting through the holidays because in my mind, mentally, I was like, I just got to get through a month, and then yeah. I'm in Florida, 
You yes. know, and then I can focus on baseball, and that's it. You know, so uh, I always like this time of year because it tells me that uh, camp is just right around the corner. We're going to find out in like two weeks, too, if Maurer made it, right? And he's it's tracking pretty well. Like the the ballots that are in, he's at like 80, low 80s, low to mid 80s right now, right? Yeah, a few months ago, I was like, I think he's going to get in. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not sure if he's going to get in on the first ballot. There's still some first ballot uh, curmudgeons out right, there right. among the 400 and so BBWA voters. Um, but he's done things that catchers have never done before in a game. Um, the, the shocking thing in Phil Miller's story the other day was that um, only Bench and Pudge Rodriguez got in on their first ballot. As catchers, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, that is Yogi amazing. Berra didn't get in? Right. You know, I was sitting there scratching my head over that one. So the fact that Maurer could join that group is pretty exclusive and pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, final thought. I'm completely disinterested in the wild unless we get to see the rookie goalie at some point here because they, they I don't they, they're so hurt right now they're banged up they're just not interesting right aren't now. Aren't you Aren't you happy to see Brock Faber on the ice for thirty minutes? Yes, I mean, he's, he's but he's he's been great right like that's great with Connor Bedard I, out he's got a shot at, shot at the Calder now. Yes, that's true. I care zero point zero percent about. Mark Andre Fleury moving into second place on the all-time wins list. I, that's like the most overblown storyline of the entire season, as far as I'm concerned. But I do care if we get to see Wallstead because that is the future. If he, if you have him, and you have Gustafson locked up for a few years, and he's the Gus that you saw last year and that you saw at the beginning of the Heinz regime here before Gus got hurt, that sets you up for success. They also have other uh, prospects. So yes. the water like a top ten farm Correct. system. In the NHL, and some of these guys are getting close. Yes, you know they got two kids in Russia that could contribute as early as next year. Wall stats here. They got a couple other cats that are, could uh, end up being impact players. I kind of want to see what that's looking like. But Bill Guerin likes to win. He doesn't like to tank. He's anti-tank. He's yes. anti-rebuild. Uh, He's going to try to add what he can to this team. And the roster reflects that. It also reflects a bunch of guys who have no move clauses yes. in their contracts, which gives them little flexibility. Right. If he does want to go on a full blown teardown. Right. So I, yeah, I just I'm I'm disinterested right now. I I had a little bit of interest at the start of the year. I'm disinterested. They still got the one more year after this where they got the Suter Parisi buyouts, and then after that they're kind of they're kind of home free, and that's when they really start to have the flexibility and the freedom where some of those younger guys are here on those entry-level contracts and they can start spending in free agency again. I think it's got to bridge that gap, and it feels like this year the plan is falling short. It's getting a little close, but, um, yeah, it doesn't look good this year, especially when 97 yes. is, is getting abused across the league. That stuff got to stop. I, I I don't like advocating violence, but someone's got to go down when uh, they're taking cheap shots on Kaprizov. And they went into the year with like forty seven dollars worth of like daily cap space. They can't even call up the players they want to call up. Usually, you can't even pay for them to drive a car here. No, they can't even get an Uber. Like an Uber would push them over the cap. Well, um, Lavelle's never over the cap. He's right here as always. Lavelle, appreciate it. Um, let's do this again soon. Yeah, let's make it happen. Good stuff from Lavelle. Like we talked about, Wallstead could make his debut. As soon as tonight, Wild against Dallas, a rematch. Wild lost 4-0 the other day in a slump right now. Too many guys hurt, including Philip Gustafson. Good time to try something new, see what this young goalie can do, because he is part of the future, part of where you can envision better days ahead for this franchise. You know, it's not all hope is lost this year. Certainly, they, they rebounded nicely after the coaching change, but better days are ahead. I think I think you can say that even if you think they're okay right now, better days could be ahead, and Wallstead is a huge part of that. Let us now finish with the cooler. Big TV news coming this week. Some of it leaking already 
Um, there's a big hearing today, uh, Diamond Sports bankruptcy hearing. A lot of it will determine kind of where this season is at for Major League Baseball and could influence what the Twins do this year. The Twins, not under contract with anybody, but they could become part of kind of this last season of bundle with all these other teams if streaming rights are given to Sinclair, um, <clears throat> Diamond Sports, Bally Sports North, the you know the all, all the different uh, you know subgroups of all this. Twins could wind up on that channel again this year, but they kind of find this all out soon. One reason to think this is only a short-term thing, even if they do that and don't go right away to MLB, is that uh, uh, according to the New York Post, uh, Major League Baseball rejected a bid by Amazon. Amazon was trying to step in and help out. Um, help out uh, Diamond Sports and Bally Sports by giving them what was what New York Post said is about a hundred and fifty million dollar quote lifeline extended to it to try to stream games through Amazon. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, and this was floated as an idea. Well, Major League Baseball has rejected this idea as something viable. Basically, the Post reporting that this was because Amazon and and uh, Diamond wanted this to be a multi year partnership. Major League Baseball is like, nope. We don't want Diamond to be part of this long term. We will do our, we'll cut our own deal with uh, with some of these streaming sites like Amazon if we want to do this down the road. So that's an interesting development in all this. Maybe maybe Amazon is a way that Major League Baseball can make some money off of this at some point, bridge the gap between how much teams are getting now and how much they used to be getting from media rights, things like that. All of it bears watching, but that big hearing is today. Could get some clarity on the Twins TV future this week. Phil Miller expected to join me on a show later this week, probably Friday's show, to give us some time to digest whatever happens today. And so that will be a show later this week. But we could get some Twins clarity as soon as today or tomorrow on what channel, what you know, how they'll be shown on TV this year. And the season really is only two and a half months away. <clears throat> like Val and I talked about, things are picking up quickly. Picking up quickly putting down quickly. That's the end of the show for today. I'm Michael Rand. Thanks for joining me. Back at it again tomorrow.